Hello and welcome to another episode of the Indie Alternative Podcast. It's me, Chris. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Ewan Grinnell of the band Sea Fever. So Sea Fever are a bit of a super group. Uh, they comprise of Ewan, who plays guitars and vocals, and he's from Haven and also plays bass with Johnny Marr. Alongside uh, Ewan on vocals uh, is Beth Cassidy from Section 25. You also have uh, New Orders, Tom Chapman and Phil Cunningham, and on drums, Elliot Barlow. Ewan talks to me about how the band formed, how they work together and the recording process and how he writes he also talks a bit about Haven and working with Johnny Marr. It's a really good chat. I've put links to their music in the show notes, so make sure you check it out if you haven't done so already. And just before we hit the interview, just another quick reminder of the ways you can support this podcast. Make sure you follow on all the social platforms. Uh, you can find me on there and there are links as well in the show notes. Also, if you want to support financially, you can. As you know, I don't have any sponsors or advertising so if you want to buy me a virtual coffee you can do that too and links again in the show notes and lastly if you want to write a review or give a, a rating that would be great anyway that's it for the waffle here's ewan welcome to the podcast ewan how are you oh yeah chris i'm good thanks yeah uh, good how's life treating you it's good we've been quite tired because i've had just had a little boy who's like uh, two months old, well, a bit over two months old. So, that's, well, it's been, it's been, oh, it's, it's brilliant, but obviously um, not much sleep. Yeah. But, um, no, it's been, it's been nice, but um, it's been trying to get used to a completely different sort of <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Well. Is that good. your first? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So our first, my, Lauren's first. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, um, well, it's been great. It's really nice. It's just sort of getting to that point where you sort of, like smiling a bit and looking at you a bit more now which is sort of yeah nice moments my my two are uh, i've got two boys that are 11 and 8 and they they don't want to know me anymore so enjoy this (laughs) bit while while it lasts yeah these are the good bits (laughs) these are the gold this is the golden area where they don't look at you like an absolute twat they just Um, ignore you yeah You've been really busy, as you said. You've got the. You've just started, sort of. Well, things are starting to unlock properly now, and venues and things, and you're playing live. Yeah. But um, I was really sort of interested to to learn about Sea Fever and and kind of how it came about and how the conception of that band and sort of the process of leading up to it. What what was the sort of idea behind it? Um, well, we I've known Phil, Phil and Tom for quite a while. Phil a little bit longer than Tom, and because Tom Phil in New Order and um, playing uh, Johnny's band and we we always bump into each other and when, you know, when things were, when we were gigging a lot and um, sort of the busier times, we would always bump into each other in different venues or different wherever really. And um, it was always something that was spoken about, but we never, never really had a chance to do it really. I've known Phil for years when, when we moved up to Manchester from Cornwall um and Haven moved up we we met Phil early on and through Joe Moss because Joe was Joe was managing Marion you know and then we met Tom and then met Elliot through Tom and then we met Beth who um uh, Tom met Beth at Yes Club I think they did they did a gig with Shadow Party it was something that was always spoken about and um Tom sort of said that he, he knew some you know Beth and he knew and Elliot and 
we decided to sort of turn it into a band. But Tom Tom came round to my house and just had 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 a lot loads of music really. And I, and I always kind of like I was doing some solo stuff and sort of learning how to sing really and learn how to write lyrics. And um, he left a lot of music, and I, I enjoy. I enjoy listening to someone's sort of style of music and then trying to sing on top of it. And we didn't yeah. really know what it didn't, it wasn't, I don't think we thought it was going to turn into like a, a band. It just started, it started off with some recording and then Beth got involved and was sending stuff over to Beth. And then it all, luckily mine and Beth's voices sort of sat well together really on the stuff that we did. And it just came, you know, Tom would just kept sending stuff and um, I just sort of cracked on with it, really. And I, I enjoyed his style and I enjoyed, the stuff was very varied as well. It wasn't all like, because he's into his dance music. Yeah. Beth's into his dance music. And I, I do like dance music, but it's probably not something that I like a lot of different music. Um, whereas I think then maybe more, they like other music, but maybe more on, more on the dance side. And it was interesting because it's completely, some of it's just not from the, the world that I'm, you know, I was, I was very indie and very uh, sort of guitar based. Yeah. But um, I just really enjoyed uh, singing on different, a completely different sort of style, I suppose, really. And then it kind of turned into our own style. I mean, you will hear, obviously you're going to hear bits of New Order, maybe bits of Johnny, but I, um, I think I slowly start, started to listen like turn into to uh, our own sound what what's kind of stuck out with me quite early on whilst listening to the album was that it's you definitely give the 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 tracks a time to grow and they yeah i was i, I wrote down notes before we talked about this the um the brooding intro and you don't yeah. get that very often and it's like it's nice yeah. to just hear a, a, a track develop and you get the yeah. idea and the stems are coming in and then it's just it builds and builds and I just thought that was quite rare was that something that came by accident or was that was that always kind of an intention to sort of let these tracks breathe they're all quite different they, they like each track we used to, we tried to have, have its own identity really and like a track like folding lines has got like a Tom's really good at writing bits of sections of music and instead of like I'm not saying that there's a lot of modern music especially when you're going to, down the sort of single route and stuff is very formulaic you know you can mm. kind of have that kind of chorus bang in the first minute and all this kind of stuff which we want we wanted it to be melodic and we wanted it to have choruses but we also wanted to have those sections where you can sort of drift off a bit and and um and make it sound like an album yeah track if that makes sense and yeah a lot of it was i mean like de facto was i think it was like six or seven minutes long maybe even longer than that and we had to get that down to a single and we didn't really want to get because it's quite unusual that that arrangement um and we didn't really want to get rid of there were so, so many good sections in it we just had to work we didn't chop we didn't chop out whole sections we just kind of shortened them and somehow got got it into a single. i think we got it into around sort of three minutes which it was it was pretty tough getting that down yeah, we, we worked a lot on the arrangements. Um, Tom Tom's quite good at producing stuff, and then we were working, we're going back and forth with some arrangements, and then and it kind of um, it worked out well, really. I think it's I think we spent a lot of time on that because there's there was there's a lot of stuff on there. There's a lot to 
to sort of go through and we we managed i think we've done done pretty well and the, the mixing side of it twem tom twemley who works in hope mill i've i've known the mixing we we spent a lot of time on the sound and the mixing and um we just wanted it to be right really because it was it was um you could hear there's something there and you and you know it, it was worth taking the time over it really was everyone involved in that sort of process of um, the construction of the songs and were you kind of file sharing? Because I'm guessing that a lot of it was done over lockdown. I yeah, would there, was, there was a lot of, yeah, it's like we're like an email band. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were, bas- were basically a lockdown band and there was a lot of that, you know, sending stuff back and forth to everyone. And um, it was really odd because there was, there was a point, I, f- I can't remember, we, we did have a chance to rehearse and we were, We'd have we got all the, the tracks together and we got them into the room and then we 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 were playing around them and we, we were at the point where we could gig but we couldn't gig so we were ready mm. to gig. So it was quite difficult really because then we just we just carried on writing really in that in that period. So more stuff came out, which is good. But um yeah, we couldn't do a gig. I mean we've only we've I think last night we played in Halifax at the Square Chapel, and I think that's our fourth gig. We played Night and Day twice. Um, we played Rough Trade uh, very recently as well, and then the fourth one was on Saturday night um, with Chris. Chris Hawkins um, um, didn't a question and answer with us. And he, yeah. I mean, he's been brilliant. He's been really supportive. So we haven't done many gigs. But at that time, we couldn't do any gigs. So it was like we were kind of waiting to do a gig. It was quite, it's very strange, really. What's that like then? I mean, it's kind of reverse, isn't it? I know a lot of, obviously, bands do hone and hone before they want to get on stage yeah. deliberately. I mean, yeah. you didn't have a choice, but um, finding your feet in front of an audience and just, you know, just spatial awareness and things like that about how you, how you sort of get on with each other on stage. Was it yeah. quite easy? Because obviously you're all, like, professionals. Yeah, and, I mean... The, the the great thing with um, I mean I've seen I've known Tom Phil for a while but the great thing with Beth and Elliot um, I've known Elliot a bit longer but Beth is just it feels like you sort of known her for years <laughs> she's mm. one of those people that just she's she's um, she's very easy to get get on with and um, so it was kind of it really did click very early on really and I think when when we sort of realised that all oh, right, the, the you know the vocals are working and the music was music was all sitting it was all sitting right and then when we got into the room and started working through stuff, yeah, it was it was very comfortable and it was it was, it was really easy really. Mm. Um, and I think also because everyone had the, their their own musical experiences, you know, that everyone's working with uh, has been working with people or now still working with, uh, you know, um, and. and and have got that kind of musical experience that it made it a lot easier as well. Yeah. I suppose it gets to the point where it is it is like it's a job, not in not in the fact that it's mundane, but you just know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and you get you've got your bits to learn and then everyone sort of comes to the rooms well prepared and it um it did happen quite quickly really. So did it feel like a big step for you to take, you know, take the lead and and sort of the frontman duties? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because the first gig at night and day, uh, I was really, really nervous because I'm, I'm, I am just used to 
used to singing, but in a bit in backing vocal way. And I've, I've never been in the middle in that sense, you know. Never yeah, yeah. It's not so much the music because you can you can kind of get to the point where you just get lost in your music if everything's going well. Um, but it was it's like talking to people and you know thinking you know do I need to be talking a lot should I not say anything at all or that kind of thing or, <laughs> yeah yeah and, um, and also playing the guitar you know I'm not used to playing and playing and singing the guitar I'm used to playing the the, the bass and singing um, so it was it was very new and the first the first gig was like I think it was it was only when we got to de facto which was like near the end of the set basically where I felt comfortable I felt I felt like I was stiff as a board yeah and then when we kicked into de facto I completely forgot we'd because we've been in a lockdown and we've been we've just been recording and um we we started working with cartel and they were releasing releasing the songs I completely forgot the songs were out it's a really <laughs> weird thing it's like they've been out for 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 a really long time you know yeah Usually you're straight out and you're gigging and they've perhaps not been out as long, but they've been out for, and there was, you know, there was, the crowd was singing de facto back. And that really kind of, that made me feel like um, more at home. And then I just relaxed and, and sort of enjoyed the rest of the gig. Were you doing the lyrics y- y- yourself with songwriting yeah. duties? And, and I guess is that, that's obviously a, yeah, I mean, is that a new thing for you? Have you done that previously with the other bands, uh, with Haven and? No, no. Um, I did. I did some, yeah, writing with Haven, but it music wise. Um, mm. But lyrically, no. Um, it was all new, and so I'd learned probably from doing some solo stuff because I've been doing that for a couple of years. So I'd learned. I basically just learned it on my own, really. Too, and. That, that definitely helped because it's hard to know. Sometimes you don't know what direction you want to go in or it's hard to know what to write about, you know. So, but I learned a lot from that and just through ex- experience of being in bands as well. And um, I do I do enjoy the lyric side of it. It's, it, can be, it can be difficult because you can feel like you can get stuck on a, sometimes you just got the whole song done and there's just a tiny bit. Mm. And or you don't know. Sometimes you don't know with. Um, are you going to go? What direction lyrics? Is it going to be like intelligent or is it too intelligent? Or does it need to be just dead simple and emotional? So that kind of side of it was difficult. But some of them were were really quick. But there's there's always like ones that take take a little bit longer. And um, yeah, and Beth the bits that she's done and obviously the track Lacoon, she's she's written the lyrics on 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 those tracks. It's not an easy not an easy process really. It's not um it does take I think that takes most most of the time up really. Yeah. And it's basically melodies and then you're humming and hiring and you've got you kind of got rough words but yeah. just stupid words. And then it's like turning it into something that maybe someone could sing back at you or or that's that's going to be memorable, I suppose. That's the difficult part of it. I think, Cam, um, as well, the, the, the music itself lends itself towards being slightly more abstract as well, I would have thought. Because yeah. you, can, you, can, you can play with uh, the lyrics and just sort of the themes and stuff quite easily with it, yeah. I, I would say, if it was... Yeah, you know. definitely. Yeah, the, the music does definitely does help. I, me- I, mem- well, I remember doing Crosswise, and that was the quickest one out of all of them. 
Um, and that had, um, sometimes you sort of visualize stuff, you know, like wires and dark, dark sort of like big yeah. buildings and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes it'll happen like that. And then, and once you've got that sort of chorus line, all the, the doesn't necessarily have to be a chorus, but all the sort of the, it feels like you've got the hook of it. It does. That one came like the quickest, I think, out of all of them. And were you always thinking that maybe a dual vocal would be a good idea, like having someone to sort of offset um, more, in that way? More Tom's, um, Tom's, I think Tom's always wanted to have like the, the two vocal thing. And it's, it is a difficult thing. It's hard, it, it was hard for us at the start, but we feel like we can kind of, it's kind of, um, it's getting easier really, but it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not an easy process for both of us sometimes because you, especially when you're mixing and stuff like that and putting everything together, it's quite, it's quite hard to like process it all and yeah. make, make sure it all like blends well. And then, and then what, you know, it, and, and is right for the song. Cause the main thing it's got to be all about the song at the end of the day. Yeah. But it adds a great dynamic, and as I also yeah. you, you mentioned at the start, I mean, Beth and yours vocals do do mix really well, and it's yeah, I wouldn't say they don't. Um, no, there's no over, overshadowing or overlapping. It's just quite, it's quite nicely. No, phrased. we didn't. We didn't even know that. Um, we weren't sure if it would. They would sit together. You just, you just don't know really. Mm. Um, and what's good is we've got she. She's got a, a sort of a different range, which sits well with my my sort of range and then when we listen back to it, it was not a, it was nice to sort of hear that they kind of like the blend well because you just don't know because it could it, you know it might have not, have not worked yeah yeah it could have not worked it was quite it was kind of by chance really so who were your um, musical influences then uh you and growing up and what got you into sort of bass well i i i started on the guitar um my dad's always been heavily into to music and he was in a he was in a punk band called the Wolf Boys back in <laughs> long, long time ago. Um yeah, and he had a track called Feeling Hard. <laughs> like, Quality. Like pretty embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> like, but he did they they would they did pretty well and the John Peel played him on his show and they were signed to um Elton John's Rocket Records. Music's always been a massive thing for, for him. And he, he used to always play me, um, you know, stuff like Hendrix and um, lots of blues stuff, really, like um, Robert Cray and all that kind of stuff. That sort of, he was heavily into blues. and But he, he was into a mix of stuff. Like he, I mean, he would cut, well, an album that would stick out would be like Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills and Ash. Every time I used to go in to see him, that album, when he was doing all his marketing, that album would always be on. Mm. So he he had guitars on the walls, and um, so I, I was intrigued by music from an early age. And he used to he used to get he's got so much amazing vinyl that he he used to put someone to like cassette because he brought me like cassette tape and then stuck it in my room. Then he he would just put all these albums on cassettes, and I would listen back to like you know Joni Mitchell and. Uh, all sorts of re- really good, really good stuff. I was and I was pretty lucky, really. Mm. And that's how how I um, kind of by accident, really. He never he never sort of pushed it on me. It was, it was, I was just intrigued by it. Really, I grew up in Cornwall, and around that time, um, 
there was like Nirvana were just massive there, you know, and it was a it was a skateboarding scene and surfing scene. And we used to go to youth club and stuff. And I remember when Nevermind was out, everyone was played all the time. <laughs> and then so we would like, and this would be um, Nat and Gary from Haven, we would just, we would learn songs. Yeah, we'd just play them and and we'd start to gig them. And and um, yeah, there was, so music was huge down there. And we used to be do different bands as well. A friend called Mickey who plays in, uh, Nat and Mickey now play with Ben Howard. We always used to form different bands, like create like sort of hip hop bands and metal bands and <laughs> rock and like all sorts of very. And we also played at the, at the Bosun's place in Penzance. And there was a, we kind of created a little scene down there. Yeah, there, everyone was listening to punk and grunge. And I mean, it was a, it was a really good time, really. And in Haven, I mean, that was, they kind of encapsulated the era, era in a way, but was trying to also knock in on the door of what was coming next, I felt like, you know, in terms of the just yeah. the emotional side. It kind of felt like, um, for me, maybe looking back at that album, that you were almost too soon with that sound. Do Would you agree? That's, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was very, it was, I suppose it was very mature sound, yeah. really, we had. And, um, I mean, when we... We've, when Jack joined the band, we, we sort of changed sound again, really. We, we had a lot of, um, we had so much stuff back then. We were writing loads and that was all, that was all we did, you know, mm. just, just write music. Yeah, I kind of, you could be right, yeah, it does sound, because I feel like, especially with the first album, I feel like it, it will, it sort of stands the test of time, which... Musically, I mean, and you know, Johnny was Johnny produced us, and um, he did an amazing job. And musically, you, you, like I've like recently been listening back to stuff. You, it does it. It does. You know, it still sounds really good, and it still sounds the songs sound really good. And it is something. It's very dreamy the album, and um, I kind of like it. I think we sound. We sounded quite different to a lot of bands then. Yeah, very proud of that album. Because we went through we went through some amazing times, but we did go through some really tough times to get that to get that album finished and out, you know, the our whole it's a long, long story, you know, like moving up in a van and throwing everything in your whole life and mm. as your guitars and your music equipment and then turning up at our manager's house. And just knocking on the door and saying, "Right, we're here. And we've moved to Manchester." And him just going, oh, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Joe. I mean, Joe was amazing. Like he, he sort of like he developed us so well, really. But we took that risk, and we, you know, looking back at it now, because I, I love Cornwall, and you know, when I go back there, I think, God, I don't know how I've actually left it now. Because when you get older, it's diff- different. Yes. You know, it, yeah. It, yeah. Took us a long time to 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 make that decision and go. Really, it was a, it was a pretty tough decision. Um, before I let you go, I just what was it like um, to sort of working with with Johnny Marr on stage and just you know, I mean, I, I know he, he produced you and you've got you've had quite a long relationship with him. But um, how did it come about? Sort of you being in the band, as I said before, he produced Haven. So I've known Johnny through probably over. 20 years now and and Joe 
Joe Moss is um, the manager Smiths and Joe was developing us and he introduced us to Johnny. And then really from like, there were times when we didn't see each other for quite a while and the, and there were, but in that 20 years, there was quite a lot of time spent together of like all getting to know each other. And he, he's just been great really. And he's, he's sort of taught not not just about music, about all, all sorts of stuff, really. And it just came to the point where um, I ended up in his band, really. And uh, I think it must be like 10 years now. Mm. Been, we've done a lot of um, his, his solo stuff. and But he's been brilliant. And he's just like, you every day with Johnny, because he's got such a strong work ethic, he doesn't, he doesn't stop. And he'll you come away learning stuff like every time you see him really. That's what I really love about it. The fact that you can, you can, you continually learning stuff and you continually like stuff, you know, and he's always continually learning stuff. Yeah. You can't stop. And you can hear that in his music and from the, the early, uh, the messenger album all, all the way to the, the, the latest stuff. Yeah. He's, he's, his writing is amazing really just, and it, a lot of the stuff he, um, some of it's really media, but some of the stuff that takes a little bit longer, you you, you completely get it after a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm very you know very lucky to be in that position, really. What's the future for Sea Fever? Then are you still going to think thinking about sort of continuing to to write, or are you still writing? Yeah. For new yeah. Stuff? Well, I've yeah we've I mean I love writing. It's sort of probably the most enjoyable part for me the 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 recording and writing. Um, I do love gigging as well, but I just I do like sort of the creating side of it, and um, yeah, we'll keep, we'll carry on. We've got we've got um, other songs that we worked on uh, probably around lockdown, really, that we haven't really had the chance to sort of come come back to. We play a new song in the set now called Dilemma, but yeah, just to continue really, and um, that's as I say, that's that's sort of the most enjoyable part for me. Well, I look forward to hearing more. Um, good luck with the. The rest of the shows and stuff and uh and nice one chris thank you yeah, see you later thanks bye very bye. much bye bye, bye, -bye.